0: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings.
1: Yeah, Digitex does
0: that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. everybody it is 12:33 in edmonton one of the favorite segments of the week for a lot of the listeners out there is elliot friedman's appearance brought to you by our friends at the river cree resort and casino and uh we have elliot at this time we'll tell you the guests on the show received give certificates to Roose chris steakhouse Roose chris that's the greatest steak you've ever had follow the sizzle to 9990 90 Avenue and tell maggie and the staff that orders now sent you elliot how are you I only care about one thing, Bob, that people like my
1: segment more than Berkey's. If they do that, then I'm good.
0: Uh, Well, they like Berkey. I'm going to let you know that right now. Uh Oh, Uh, okay. He has has very – you know what's happened is he speaks the language Mm -hmm. that Albertans like. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I will say this. There is this misconception uh, at times – for, and, and in fairness, I don't really, to me, like, do, do people in Toronto think they're in central Canada or do they think they're in the east? No, they think they're in their own country. Okay, that's what I thought, which, you know, my, <laughs> old, my, my old joke, how do you change a light bulb in Toronto? You hold it there and let the rest of Canada revolve around yes, it. Yes, yes, for sure, yes. You know, uh, I mean, we have a uh, significant uh, political uh, debate going on in this country right now because... We do? Of what it, Yeah, there's something going on with this company out of Quebec that doesn't have the greatest reputation. That I don't know Trudeau backdoor to deal with, and I'm like, you know. And then he was quoted as saying, "I'm going to fight for jobs in Quebec," and of course, people in Alberta are like, "Well, you're meanwhile, we're going to take our due process with a pipeline." And I'm like, "What did you expect?" Seventy-eight. No problem. I just always assume that all
1: politicians are terrible of every stripe, and uh, I'm generally never disappointed.
0: There you go. 78 to 34, by the way, the ridings between the two provinces. Maybe that'll tell you part of the reason why there's greater emphasis on Quebec. All right. Here we go. Let's have some fun. Uh, So good for you for acknowledging that people in Toronto see themselves as living in their own country. Um, (laughs) Quite a last uh, 48 hours involving the Maple Leafs because that that was a high-profile game for Edmonton. One that fell apart quickly, and the Leafs can do that to you because they got a ton of offensive skill. And Koskinen had a bad night. Yep. And then the Islanders absolutely boot stomped the Leafs last night and smoked them six one in the second of a back to back. And this is the point where I mentioned to you a week ago that the Edmonton Oilers beat the New York Islanders in Edmonton. So, and I guess, and here's here's my point in this uh modern world to uh to uh, paraphrase shallow uh and maybe it 's too shallow of a conversation, but the fact of the matter is and it, given the here and now of everything, do people overreact to one game in the national hockey League way too often, and do we see an illustration of that over the last forty eight to seventy two hours
1: you know, I, I think yes and no, Bob. I think yes that uh, you can overreact to one game. I think you always have to be very careful about that. But I, I think in a lot of ways, one game can be symptomatic of a of a bigger problem.
0: Right. And
1: and you know, like you know, like last night. I, I mean, the, the the place everyone's shaking their head at today is Ottawa. So uh, on on Monday. Um, Pierre Dorian comes out after making his trades and says, "We're going to support our coach." Yesterday, before they play you guys, uh, Dorian did, gives an interview to uh, Bruce Garriock of the Ottawa Sun where he says, "We're going to we're going to make our decision at the end of the season." Then they go out, they lose to you guys, and kaboom, the coach is gone. Now, I think a lot of us look at that and we're like, "Seriously? Like really? You know, after you know, within 24 hours." Uh, of uh, or twice in a week of saying you're going to wait on the coach, you go out and you make that decision. You're sitting there and you're going, "Okay, what happened here?" I will say, have you seen the quotes out of the players today?
0: Uh, go for it.
1: Well, like Craig Anderson and Mark Borowski were the two ones I saw, and they were like, well, "We're not, we're not even being creative. We're not doing anything right here." Like the players. Kind of threw Boucher under the bus.
0: So I've never just so you know, I mean, people that listen to the show, we we have Dorian on the show. He's going to be back on on the twenty third when Ottawa comes back in Edmonton. He politely they they held him off for a show. They had to do their market first. They made yeah, three. I understand you know, that completely understandable when we're in there. And if he was thinking about firing his coach, it even makes more sense. I've never. But I well, don't, I don't but, like well, how Boucher coaches. I don't like his mannerisms on the bench. I'm not surprised he got piped here.
1: Well, when I saw the quotes from the players, I certainly wasn't surprised. But, you know, like overall, I I agree with your thing. Don't overreact to one game. However, you know, in Toronto, that thing last night, that is unfortunately symptomatic of what has happened a couple of times this year to Toronto against tougher teams. You know, they have been pushed around at times this year. And in Edmonton, you know, the Wednesday night game, uh, I think the thing, uh, Bob, is that, look, every team is going to have five stinkers a year. I always look at it. I expect every team to have five games a year where they're just terrible um, because it just happens that way. The league is tough. I I just think that the the fans of the Oilers would feel that that has happened too often this
0: season. Yeah, well, here's, here's, here's what I'd say about what happened in Toronto, Okay. Mm -hmm. The Oilers' lack of scoring depth and the inability of their defense to move the puck Mm -hmm. was evidenced in the last 40 minutes of that game. It is Mm -hmm. not a surprise to anybody that follows this team on a day-to-day basis. When the former general manager of the team on this very show, back in, I don't know when it was, late October, early November, says, let's face it, we don't have the type of defense that moves the puck, and he inherited Clefbaum and um, uh, Darnell Nurse, he's kind of responsible for the, all the other guys on the D. And But it, 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 you know what? Like Toronto made some plays where they stretched the ice and the Oilers got caught, and they opened yep. the game up. And frankly, anybody that watched that game against Toronto knew fully well the Leafs didn't even go for the jugular. They could have made it a hell of a lot worse. And the other part yep. was the goalie had a bad, He gave up two really bad goals of the four he got, gave up before he got pulled. So all Edmonton, true, right? we know Edmonton's not as good as Toronto. Mm-hmm. But the boot-kicking that took place from, and I won't say all the Toronto media, but some of the Toronto media, things can change in this league. Best illustrations, Colorado from two years ago. They were way worse than even is this year or Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And they turned it around by adding some speed. So it, to me, what Toronto has provided, same thing San Jose Elliott's provided against Edmonton, same thing that Tampa Bay provided is where the orders have to improve.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't Do you think agree with anybody that? Dis- I don't think anybody would disagree with you on that.
0: Okay.
1: I I don't think anybody would look at that. I just think that the reason that look, like people in the age of social media, people like to pile on. Yeah. You just have to deal with that. But I-, I would just feel, Bob, that there's probably a lot of orders fans who say we've seen that too often and that has to stop. Yep. Okay.
0: What and you think it's Because I look at the game I look at the Leafs against Toronto and I'm like, Man, you're going into a Hornet's nest in that The building. Leafs
1: against the Islanders, you mean?
0: Yes, Leafs against the Islanders. You're going into a Hornet's nest.
1: You know, was... I said this I said this more this morning, Bob, like when I was a day to day reporter a lot, the two coaches in Toronto were Pat Quinn and Butch Carter and Carter doing the NBA team. And they had a similar philosophy about one particular thing. And that is that in situations that were meaningful to players on your team, particularly meaningful, a true team showed up to play. Like, I remember uh, the Raptors once traded for a guy named Antonio Davis. They traded for him from Indiana. The first game, I think it was, they went back to Indiana, they got killed, and Butch Carter was livid. He was like, our guys knew how important this game was to Antonio, and he deserved better from all of them. And I remember Quinn once, uh, the Leafs were playing, I think it was Vancouver, and they had a shutout going into the last minute, and they made a horrible play. And Glenn Healy was the goalie, and he lost a shutout. And Quinn came out, and they played great. You would think he would be in a happy mood, and he came out, and he was just steaming. He was like, "I thought Glenn was a popular teammate. Like, how do they let him lose a shutout like that?" And I've always remembered that. I, I like those things are things I've always remembered, and. The look on Babcock's face last night, like Babcock plays has a bit of a funny game going with Mark Masters, the TSN reporter, where he's made fun of him with his shoes, shoe polish and not being clean and stuff like that. And last night in the pregame, he interviewed him, and he was kind of curt. He, 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 t- he said, I did talk to Babcock about this, and, and Masters goes, you know, what, what did you say to him? Would you tell me what you said to him? And Babcock goes, no. Like, to him, that was serious business, a serious game last night. And they played really well for about 25, 30 minutes. And then when the score was 2-1 for the Islanders, they got a goal disallowed. It was like one of those chintzy millimeter offside calls. But that's the rules. It's going to happen to you sometime, okay? And they fell apart after that, and they got their asses kicked. And it happens. Like I said, you're going to have four or five games a year where that's going to happen to you. But I just didn't like, Bob, that it happened in that game, that this was a game that was really meaningful to John Tavares, whether he admits it or not, where the fans in that building, and you know what, whether you agree or disagree with his decision, he he spilled his blood for the New York Islanders for nine years, and he really did care about them. And, like, I thought that those players owed him more than that. And if I was in Toronto, I would be really concerned about that game last night.
0: Well, the Islanders play a hard, firm, competitive game. And that's that's probably the other concern for Maple Leafs fans, especially given an inevitable showdown with Boston, is will the Leafs get pushed around?
1: Boy, I'll tell you, Boston looked really
0: good last night, too. Like they that
1: that Tampa Bay team, they want them. Like they really, they they had a great game. I, I you know that I know it's only one night and one team played its best and one team played its worst. But if you're a Toronto fan, you're not exactly eager for that first round series against the
0: Bruins right now. Yeah. All right. Let's get to some quick hitters here, Elliot. Uh, there was a report out of Boston, which. I attempted to kill. People said, "Well, Stoffer, you're, you know, you're, you work for the team. We can't trust you." On the suggestion that the orders and the Leafs were talking a deal, Adam Larson for Connor Brown, which at this time, to me, given the Leafs' financial situation, and also giving up what Edmonton gave up to do, uh, uh, give up to get Adam Larson makes absolutely zero sense.
1: Yeah, I, I looked into that. I was told that wasn't the case. Um, I don't like to dump on anyone else's reporting because I don't know everything. But I was told that one uh, wasn't the case. I do think the Leafs and Oilers talked about a Brown for Benny deal. Um, and I and Brian Burke also feels that uh, Zuzara Kara's name came up between the two teams as well. But whatever the case, it didn't happen. But I do think they talked. I just don't believe right now it was Larson.
0: Um, did you speak, uh, I mean, we've talked a bit about Ottawa. They went one way. The Oilers are playing Columbus here tomorrow afternoon. Yep. How do you think this plays out with Columbus? Well, I hope it works. Honestly, Bob, like,
1: I know I'm supposed to be an impartial reporter. Um, don't you wish the teams would go for it more often? Uh, I hope it works. I hope it works because it will encourage people to go for it. Um but you know it's a real battle for them. They, you know, they they won their first game. They won their second game. Then they lost to Pittsburgh and they got smoked by Pittsburgh. Like they, Pittsburgh came out just at a higher level, and they really had to battle to beat the Flyers last night before uh, Seth Jones won it in overtime. Now this is a tough league, as you have said. Things can happen. But I hope it works for Columbus. I think in sports, teams that go for it should be rewarded. And I think at their particular place in history, with what they've got looking at after this year, I would have gone for it too. I hope it works. But, you know, I will say that's a lot of guys that they're going to have to fit
0: in in a very short period of time. Yeah, there's no question about that. I know we pick winners and losers. Who is the biggest winner? Was Columbus the biggest winner?
1: Well, I think, I mean, I don't know if I would say that. Like, I think they could be. I mean, you know, they took the biggest gamble. There's no question about that. I'll tell you this. I think, like, I look at the West right now, and the four best teams in the standings in the West are Calgary, San Jose, Nashville, and Winnipeg. And, you know, Calgary's goaltending, it's dicey. Yep. San Jose's goaltending, it's dicey. Winnipeg's goaltending, Hello Buck hasn't been the same this year. Nashville, I think you'd pick Rene out of all of them. But you know who I think the best goalie is among the playoff teams in the West? It's Marc-Andre Fleury. And by going out and getting stoned, um, I think, the, honestly, if Fleury's is Fleury, Vegas could turn out to be the biggest winner.
0: One of the issues that uh, has hurt Fleury at times is when he's had to have too many starts. Let's not forget, yes. Matt Murray replaced him, and Pittsburgh didn't get to the promised land. And I'm wondering whether or not Fleury's taken on a little bit of water this year because they've been very reluctant to play Melton Subban.
1: Well, I think that has happened Like right before the deadline. I think there was a week before the deadline or two, Subban got healthy again. And if you looked at it, um, he started playing a bit. And at that time, Fleury had 51 starts, which was the most in the league. And I was hearing that Vegas was going to try to play Subban a lot more. Like, like they're basically locked in. It's unlikely they're catching uh, San Jose in front of them, and they're definitely not catching Calgary. And you, you don't think that anyone from behind them, and the only team from the West that's really challenging for that bottom playoff spot is Arizona. And you don't think they're catching them. So, um, you know, lot, you can fool around with that for a while. And I think you will see
0: Subban play a lot down the stretch to give Flurry a bit of a breather. We're joined by Elliot Friedman, courtesy of the River Cree Resort Casino. Bob Stoffer with you in orders now. So... Uh, You like what Vegas did, obviously, to uh, to get Martin. We we briefly hit on Pierre Dorian in Ottawa. We've established I've never been a Guy Boucher. I think Pierre knows players. I mean, you take a look at what that organization's done. You know, fifth round getting Hoffman, sixth round getting Stone. Um, How concerned do you think the league is with the situation in Ottawa?
1: I think, look, I, I think the league has made it very clear to everybody involved they believe that a downtown arena is critical to the future success of the Ottawa Sanders. I, you know, I think Bettman has told that to Melnick. I think he's told that to the city. And the people I know who've dealt with the city say that that is going to happen, that there is going to be a downtown arena eventually. The problem is, I think, is that the people who've looked to buy the Sanders, and there was one bid last year. They have underbid for the team. I, I heard the offer was 400000000 million. They're not doing that. You know, if if you want to buy the Ottawa Senators, you have to be willing to come in somewhere close to the Seattle expansion franchise number, which was 650 U.S. What is Gary Bettman concerned about most of all? It's franchise values. Yeah. So if you want to buy that team, you have to come in at a big number and the other thing about eugene melnick is he loves owning the sanders i don't think the league is interested in having that team move i think they want it to be downtown i think the city will be committed to moving it downtown i'm just not sure how it's all going to get there
0: yeah um all righty. so winners and losers you got vegas as a winner you got obviously Ottawa. i mean it's a tough situation for them anybody surprise you by their inactivity
1: um, I thought Toronto might try to do something more, and I think they did. Um, that was one. I thought Calgary would have tried to do more, and we know that they did, that the Zucker deal with Minnesota fell apart you know, somewhere close to the deadline. Um, I-, I think that those teams kind of surprised me a bit that they didn't do uh, a-, a bit more. Um, you know, I'll-, I'll tell you this. I, th- I thought I really liked Washington's pickup of Nick Jensen, too. You know, if you looked at them last year, they went out and they got Michael Kempney and he turned out to be a great piece for them. I think Jensen is, is, they said they were looking for this year's Michael Kempney. I think they found it. I'll tell you this too, Bob. I think Pittsburgh would have liked to do more. I don't think there were options out there. But I would say the Penguins are probably disappointed that they couldn't get more done. They were hoping to get Carl Hagelin back, and I think they almost did. But they weren't eligible to trade for him because they're retaining salary. And if you're retaining salary on a player, you can't can't require him for a year. And so I would think that Pittsburgh is looking and saying, boy, I wish we could have done more.
0: All right. Uh, Were you surprised by the Pearson for Cabranston trade?
1: Yes, yes, I was. Um, I was surprised, but then I, you know, I heard the, how Pittsburgh felt. I mean, one of the reporters for The Athletic, Josh Yo, he wrote an article about how, uh, so they played San Jose last week at home, and Michael Haley ended up fighting, um, they ended up fighting uh, Crosby. Yeah. And nobody wants that. And one of the Penguins players said that Evander Kane looked on their bench and said, who's going to do something about that? And Pittsburgh has had guys like that. I mean, they they traded for Ryan Reeves, and then they traded him back to to Vegas. They have looked at, uh, they traded for Alexiak, they traded him back. They've always had somebody like that in their roster. And look, if the Islanders finish first, you know, either Pittsburgh or Columbus is going to have Washington, a really tough team, in that first round. And so, you know, you're you're looking at it and you're saying, we better have somebody who can deal with some of these guys. And uh, I think that's one reason good Branson is there, and I think it's also a reason that Columbus went out and got Adam McQuaid.
0: Great stuff, Elliot. We appreciate your time. Um, we'll talk uh, shortly, like maybe in seven minutes. <laughs>
1: All right, Bob. Enjoy All right, Columbus tonight. Remember, you got an afternoon game tomorrow, so don't get too uh,
0: don't. Get oh, too I'm at the stage. Day. We just stay up straight through overnight, Elliot. That's what we do in Western Canada.
1: Oh, well, there you go. So uh, that should dramatically improve your broadcasting.
0: Well, it makes me say even less, which on most days would be a good thing. <laughs>
1: All right, Bob, take
0: care. All right, uh, this is that's uh, Elliot Friedman for Elite Promotional Marketing, and uh, as well the River Cree Resort and Casino. River Cree Resort and Casino. Uh, hey, let the good times roll at the River Cree Resort. And Casino. I think I just came up with like a new uh, a new handle. Let the good times roll. It was which uh, which wrestling uh, manager said that? Hey, let's let the good times roll. Somebody can text us at 6:30, 6:30 right now. I think you know who I'm thinking about from Stampede Wrestling. Maybe his initials went by the handle J.R. back in the day. Here we go. This fall, join the president of New West Travel, Dennis Laliberti, on an exclusive visit to Italy and Greece on a spectacular 16-day holiday. Starts with a nine-day tour of Italy. Visit the beautiful cities of Rome, Florence, and Venice. Daily guided tours, then board NCL Cruise Lines for a spectacular seven-night Greek island cruise, which includes meals, nightly entertainment, a private sunset dinner, uh, more and more, plus parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. They're 50% sold out. Check it out. Call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. Off to a global news weather traffic update with... Morgan Black, and when we come back, in Oilers Now, Jody Shelley, the television analyst for the Columbus Blue Jackets. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers
1: Radio, six thirty. Chad.